Amen. All in. Are you all in? Last week we started the series looking at what it means to actually be all in. This thing of, of giving my all. And we looked at different ways and different places that that plays out. It can play out on a on a on a uh, a, a sporting event, if you're on a team, it can play out. If you're doing anything with other people, it plays out in a family, it plays out in a business, it plays out in many places where, you, where you're giving your all and you look around and all of a sudden you see, hold it. <laughs> I'm doing all this, but I don't, what, hold it. Where? And you feel like you're out there and you've done all and it's like, oh my goodness. And that can be disheartening at times. And so we've been looking at this. We started last week and we, our first one was, is looking all in with God, going all in with God. And it's amazing. I asked the question, I wanna ask it again this morning. Do you believe that God has a plan for you? Do you believe that? Like you're not just an accident. You didn't just show up on this planet. God didn't, he's like, oh, how did he get here? What happened? You know, oops, how did she get here? I don't even know what went on. You are not an accident. God knows that. Matter of fact, in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says this, for I know the plans, I know the plans I have for you, declares who? The Lord. The Lord says, I know this, I got this, I know I've got things for you. I, I, you're not a mistake, I got plans for you. And then he goes on to say what those plans look like. He didn't say how they'll exactly play out, but he said, this is what the plans are gonna look like, plans to prosper you. Well, thought, I thought I had to, I, I thought he made me to be miserable until I get to go to heaven. That's what heaven's for. <laughs> that I just experience all this down here and it's like, no, that we get to experience his life now so that when we're going through stuff, we can walk through it with his grace, with his mercy, with his joy, with his power. And it says not to harm you. How many, how many, be honest, besides me, you've ever been in a lightning storm or you've been in a situation and you think, he's out to get me. <laughs> you kind of worried like, oh, he might get me. Like somehow he's got it with your name on it or that somehow he wants to. And it's like, never, that would never be the same thing with you. Here we're celebrating Mother's Day. Mama would never do that. She might spank you, but that's all right. That's another, we'll get back into this. We'll get discipline later, but. It says, plans not to harm you, plans to give you hope. Like when you look out over the horizon, hope operates in the future. And so when you look at your future and you start thinking about the days to come, especially sometimes when you're living in something less than hope right now. When you're going through things and you feel alone and you feel empty and you feel like your gas tank is completely empty, not only on your car, but in your heart. And you think, man, God says, I want you, when you look out that way, you smile at it and you go, ooh, it's gonna get good. Somebody looked at your neighbor and said, it's getting better all the time. Some of y'all gonna have to say that by faith, just so you know. <laughs> Some of you just gonna have to say, it's, it's getting better all the time. I, I, I see it work, but it gets better all the time. And he goes on to say, to give you a hope and a future, not just a future, but a good future, a hopeful future. And so, when we think about that, we have to understand that's God's plan for us. And we also have to understand that I have a part to play in that plan. 
So God sets very clear parameters in scripture on how we're supposed to live and what he wants us to do. And he gives us a choice. So one of the great, the, the greatest day in your life and in my life is what we're celebrating today. And that is Mother's Day. Like where would we be without mothers? We wouldn't. <laughs> We wouldn't, and so this is where we celebrate this, that God intentionally, he wants us, he gives us choice. So we're born, that's our greatest day is when we're born. The second thing is he gives us choices on what we're to do. Um, thinking about Mother's Day, because we, we're not gonna get all into the weeds on that, although that we, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk on family today. But I do wanna let you know, anybody ever had a mother like when I was little, mom had seven of us in a 10 year span, like the first five are literally doorsteps. And we didn't have these little thing called wipes that they have nowadays, anybody? There wasn't none of that. And so mom would come up to us and she'd go, come here, come here, hold on. <laughs> she'd be cleaning something on my cheek or, or she'd say, hold on, come, come here, your hair. Let me fix your hair. I'm like, mom. <laughs> Why don't you just spit next time? It'll be easier. Like, ah, got it. I'll get that thing down. Well, look, we're, we're, we're trying to help y'all with this. And so for Mother's Day, moms, we got this little hand sanitizer we want all you to go home with <laughs> so your kids can feel good. Like if you go, it's like, hey, wash your hands when you get done. No, well, you can get that on your way out. But, but when, we, when we're thinking about choices we get to make, we get to make and choose who we, who we connect with and, and how we connect. And that's why it's so important for God when he said this in just a couple verses down. In Jeremiah 29, 13, he says this, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And let's be honest, many of us, me included, there's days where I, if I would be honest, I've half-heartedly, like I'll read, my, I'll read my Bible, but am I reading for information or transformation? Am I allowing it to read me? When I pray, am I engaged when I pray or am I just going through a ritualistic routine, a religious activity that I'm really not experiencing this? And, and I'll be honest, there's times where he wants us to experience, he wants us to have that. And so, the very first thing we did last week, we were looking at going all in with God because that's the first and always. As a matter of fact, you know, I think of uh, in Matthew 10, verse 37, even on Mother's Day, I don't want to offend anybody, but this is what Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 37. Um, he said it this way. He said, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Hmm. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And what Jesus was saying is, and let me help y'all because some of y'all get you, you can get your feelings hurt in a moment on that one. But really what he's saying is the best way that he knows, the best way that I can love my mama, and I love my mama, the best way I can do it is by loving him first and allowing him to transform me. The best way I can love my son or my daughter or my grandson and granddaughter, the best way I can do that is falling deeply in love with him and allowing him to transform me so then I can rightly and powerfully love those people. So he's saying here, I wanna be first place in this. And so as we looked at that, we ended with this scripture in uh, Ephesians 2.10 
where it says, for we are God's masterpiece. You ever thought of yourself as being a masterpiece? <laughs> Some of us think of ourselves as recycled junk sometimes. And we're like, well, I'm, I'm okay. But God says, we are God's masterpiece. And let me, let me, let me encourage you just a minute. Because like I said last week, a masterpiece takes time to make. Like it, it, it takes a moment, whether it's a sculptor or whether it's a, 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 a song or whatever it is, it takes time, um, painting and music, everything. It takes time, every stroke, every note, it takes time to build and to, to make that happen. And so God, you're his masterpiece. He already knows that, but he's helping us to experience that. That's why it goes on. Why does he want to do that? We're his masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, why? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Okay, so let me help you here. <laughs> this was before you showed up on planet Earth. <laughs> like, he, he did, he did, like I said a moment ago, you didn't just show up and he's going, what am I gonna do with you? <laughs> before you ever showed up, he had plans and he had, you were in his heart. I was in his heart. We were there and he's got, I've got some things that only you're gonna be able to do. It's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be powerful. Yeah, it may be the, seem like the same task. It may be the same responsibility, but nobody does it like you. And so God saying, where is master? That's what he has for us. And so when we think about it, if we go back two verses before that in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, this is how this happens. God saved you by his grace. When you believed and you can't take credit for this. You mean, hold it. Men, I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> I'm one of you. We can't take credit for it. We can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. That word grace and that word gift, they're the exact same. They're called charis. They're supernatural enablements. So I can't even boast. That's what it goes on to say in verse nine. Why? So we're, we're, we've done this. We've experienced his grace. And he says in verse nine, salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. So God and his supernatural ability and his supernatural uh, grace, he actually gives us the ability to trust in him. And so when we look at this thing of going all in with God, it's always gotta be first. And I wanna challenge you, whatever, whatever you face in life, <clears throat> wherever you're at and you find yourself less than where you wanna be with God, you might find yourself distant where you pray, you're not sure he's there and there's times where, where you have this struggle going on inside of you. I want to tell you, it's, it's a time where you just say, God, I need you. I'm here. I, I want you. I, I, I draw you in. He, it says in scripture that a humble and contrite spirit, God will never deny. It's not going to happen. And so the next thing we want to look at going on, so that's going all in with God. The second one in this morning, what we're going in is, of course, is Mother's Day, is going all in with family. <laughs> and let's be honest, family, whoo, come on, mm. Man, you've heard the saying, you can pick your friends, but you don't get to pick your family. <laughs> Anybody say, well, there's sometimes, <laughs> I'd like to, but you don't get to pick the, the ones that comes in there, especially if you have more than one sibling. You know, if you got a sibling, you know, you have to deal with brothers and sisters and you, you get into that thing and you get in the whole like, mm -hmm. and let's be honest too, when we think about families, how many here have ever thought to yourself, I wish I could be in their family? 
I wish I was a part of their family. I wish I had this family. And, and I'll just be honest with you. There are times all of us had thought that, and really all it is is because it's what you see with your eyes, but you're not a part of that. I've had kids, when I was youth pastor for 26 years, it, I, I did it because I just love kids. I still do. I still love young people. It's in my heart. But they'd say, I wish you were my dad. I said, no, you don't. <laughs> Nope, <laughs> you don't. I promise you, you don't. It wouldn't be good for you. I promise you. Because I put some demands. I would do some things. <laughs> My kids could say amen to that. But it's like, nope. <laughs> it's a thing where we, we love Jesus and all, but we train children. So I didn't just raise kids. We trained. There was some training involved. And so when we think about going on with family, it's the place where we experience our greatest joy and our greatest love, but it also is a place where we experience experience our greatest heartache as well it's the place that hurts us the most because it's so close and it's so personal and even like on day to day when we think of mother's day like we celebrate mothers but we have to really lean into the tension of some of us mama's gone and so the day is not it's like i'm reminded that man i ain't got my i ain't got mama i miss my mama now i still do praise the lord but i know some of you don't or we have to celebrate this tension too. There's some, uh, some women in here and those online that have wanted to, 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 to bear children that have not. And so sometimes they stay away. Like, I don't want to talk about mother. I don't, I don't want to do that. And I want to tell you, God's grace is even sufficient in those times and in those moments. And so I lean into that tension. I don't run away from it. And I, I recognize that God's grace is in this. And I always challenge Moms that can't do that, they're great. We have a, an incredible ministry we work with called Hope 1312 Collective that deals with, with foster parenting, that deals with adoption, that can help in those areas. That has come a long way and we're so thankful that, for that. But as we look at family, it is the foundation. It's the building block for society. And I like to put it this way, as the family goes, so society goes. Whether we like it or not, it is. However the family goes, the society is gonna go in the same. And we look in our culture and our world today and we're, we see a lot going on that boggles our minds and we go, how? And I just have to look at and say, family. It's family. It's the breakdown of the family. And I'll say this, that uh, generally in church, there's two responses. Is they want to get mad and they want to go out and, and really attack people over it. Or they're the others where they just don't acknowledge. And I want to say as we jump into family today, we're going to look at God's way and we're going to look at what he says. Understanding that it is the best way, <laughs> but recognizing that all of us are fallen creatures. And we all miss it. And so I'm not going <clears> to, <throat> for your sake and mine, I'm not going to go into individual roles, like as far as father, mother, daughter, son, um, uh, husband, for starting with husband and wife, father, daughter, a uh, father, uh, uh, mother, father, son, daughter, grandma, granddad, uncle, aunt, cousins. We're, we're going to save you that. But I do want to look at the foundation where it started. We're going to look in Genesis to do that. In Genesis chapter one, verse 26 and 27, it says this. Well, first of all, let me give you just a small background on that. So Genesis 1 tells the story of creation. Day 1, day 2, day 3, day 4, day 5, day 6. And, oh, that's right, day 7 shows up in, in chapter 2 and says, hey. And so, but in chapter 1, 
it goes through the first five days of creation and in the, in the sixth day, the last day, it shows up where we show up. And matter of fact, it, it's not till the last, the end of it. And it says this in Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us, talking about Father, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea. Thank you, sea world, you proved that. Come on now. <laughs> they got killer whales swimming with them. Jesus, oh. Look at the circus. You got all the, the, the wild, the birds of the sky over the livestock and the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That's what God did. And it's beautiful. It's an incredible thing how God made each one so unique and so special. And he goes on to say in verse 31, I love this because after every, every day, one, two, three, four, and five, God saw what he created. He looked back over the day, he saw what he'd done, he said, it's good. But on day six, after he saw man and woman, male and female, in the place where he set them, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. In other words, he said, this is good, but this wasn't the full intention. It's very good because now I have someone in my likeness, in my image, that's gonna oversee this. And his partner was said, man, we're made like him to do that. And so, and that's what it goes on to say, and there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. And so we see where the first chapter of Genesis, it tells the chronological order of the creation. But then in Genesis 2, it tells the same story, but it's a narrative. And as he begins to tell it, um, we're not going to go through all of it, but he actually tells Adam not to touch of the, Adam, by the way, let me say in Genesis 2, Eve hasn't showed up yet. It's just Adam. So there's no, there's no, no Eve yet and so God has Adam there in the garden and he's talking with him and tells him you can eat of all the trees not this one and in verse 18 this is where God speaks and the Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone can all the husbands in the house say amen okay that was an opportunity to say real loud amen <laughs> so I'm trying to help y'all out here Amen. <laughs> help us, Jesus. Help us. Just tried to help you. Love you. <laughs> he said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable. Not just like. And not a doormat. And not a yes person. Suitable that can come alongside of him. And so God understood that. But Adam haven't, hadn't discovered that yet. And so in Genesis 2, 19 and 20, we see the beginning of the first family. And it says this in Genesis, 19, uh, Genesis 2, 19 and 20, it says, now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And I wanna, I wanna pause just a moment to say that Adam was not a Neanderthal. 
Adam was not going around ooga booga ooga ooga ooga. <laughs> Adam was very intelligent. He was made in God's image. He was very smart and he was able to, to have intelligent thought and he was able to name things and whatever he called it, that's what they were. And so the man, and so in, in verse 20, so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky and all the wild animals, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Now I love this because God knew it wasn't good for man to be alone. But Adam didn't know it yet. So Adam's there. He, he's naming everything and he's enjoying God. And it's like, yeah, you know, giraffe and, you know, elephant, you know, whatever. He's naming these things. But then he gets through and he's like done. He's going, hey, hey, whoa, there's nothing on here like me. And so what happened? God already knew it. He had already prepared it. And that's what we read in verses 21 through 24. It says, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, uh, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man, then the man said, the man said, look, he got to name everything. Ladies, I'm sorry, but this is the way this worked. <laughs> the man said, this at last, and you gotta think how poetic it is. Just think if this was on a greeting. This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. That's so beautiful, isn't it? She's now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called, whoa, man. <laughs> whoa, man. <laughs> like, wow. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll help y'all. In the, in the Hebrew, which is what the Old Testament is written in, in the Hebrew, the word for man is ish, I-S-H. In the Hebrew for woman, it's isha. <laughs> so ish, when he woke up and saw this, he said, Isha, Isha, this for me? <laughs> because she was taken out of the man. She was taken from them. And, and let me ask y'all a question while we're doing this, while we're looking at this. I always ask people when I'm doing marriage counseling, why didn't God go back to the soil? God made everything else from the soil. He made it all. Why didn't he go back to the soil? Because he had a foundation to build society on. He didn't need to go back. He didn't want to foundation. If you look at our world today, we have foundation that people are trying to build on faulty foundation. Like we've got women who have been tr tremendously hurt because of men not understanding our role and we're not treating them like we're supposed to. They've been brutalized. They've been had things that have happened and they said, I don't want ever, I don't want, I don't ever want anything to be, I don't want ever any, want anything to do with a man. And a lot of times it has to do with dad. It has to do with stuff that has happened. And, and so what they do is they get hurt and it's not God's best, but I'm gonna build a foundation apart from a man. And we see here, it's impossible. You can't do it. Or you got the same way. The other thing happens to do with men as well, where men have been less than what they should with sons. And, and as a result, they get hurt and they get beaten. They're like, 
Or, and, and, and women too, it goes both ways. Like, well, I'm done. I'm, I'm not gonna try to build this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna build with another man. And it's like, it's never gonna, this foundation, you can't build one on top. You gotta have both. And that's the beauty of what we see, God's ultimate plan. And so when he, when he said, because you're taking a man, then God said, therefore, a man, very gender specific, shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And that is not, this is a powerful thing because it's not simply in the sex act, it's one thing that where we say, hey, I am one in heart and mind and we're supposed to build and connect. And I'm telling you, men, listen to me. <laughs> We've fallen short in this area. And God wants us to reach his standard so we can be and we can do the thing that God's called us to do and love our wives. So the first, the very first family, the first foundation was Adam and Eve, husband and wife. Children are not even mentioned here. So when he saw Adam and Eve together, he said, it's very good. So hold on, children. <laughs> Let me help you. You're not left out. But you're not the center of the universe either. <laughs> Let me say to mom and dad, if, if you make it that way, they'll be that way and they'll be miserable. So let me say it this way. I like to put it this way. Children are a welcomed addition to the already established and formed family of husband and wife. That's God's standard. That's his beauty. Now I know this because I want to I wanna, I wanna make everybody aware that we do live in a fallen world and we welcome everybody here. So you will never hear me as a pastor, even as youth pastor, I walked through some very hard times. I started when I was 14, year old, 14 years old, when I had an older sister, one year older than me, and she asked me to walk her to dance. And I said, I ain't walking you to dance. I ain't going, I don't ever walk you. Why would I walk you to dance? I'm gonna go play basketball. No, walk me to dance. I ain't walking you to dance. Walk me to dance. And she bugged me enough and I walked her to dance. And on that way to dance, my life was changed forever because I had a 15 year old sister that said, I'm pregnant. Now we didn't have a Skylark, we didn't have anything. And I'm sitting here going, huh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't know anything, I was like, huh? I said, my first question was, does dad know? <laughs> what do you think that answer was? No, that's why I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, tell a 14-year-old, I got all the answers. I can help you. I'm literally freaked out like, oh my gosh, what's dad gonna do? Oh God. I was just as freaked. So, but I walked this with her and I'm happy to say her and um, my brother-in-law got married and they're still married today by the grace of God. It's still there. It's a beautiful where God can do that stuff. But why do I bring that up? It's simply this. When we look at family, we gotta look at the foundation and this is where I go for us men, because men, men, I love you. I really do. I, I speak man very well. Woman, mm, I'm learning. I've been married to one for 34 years, and she'll tell you, he's not that proficient. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm learning. I, I, like, I got a mom. I grew up with three sisters. I, I got a wife. We had a daughter. Now I got two granddaughters. And I'm learning. And I'm, 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 I've got it, but I'm still. But I speak, man. And I'm saying to us guys, hey, men, we have to take our responsibilities very seriously because we're the one that set the course for histories for our family. 
And I wanna say that, and, and so I wanna say this to all the, the women in the house. Those who have been abused, those who have been treated less than, those who were just simply an object or those who you didn't even think, and that, that could be any. I just wanna say on behalf of all men, forgive me, forgive us, because you didn't deserve that. God's intention was always the best. And so I just say to you, man, I love you and anything we can do to help you with that, we are here to do that. We wanna make, man, I want God's best. And so I wanna run through real quickly this word called family. And the reason I wanna do that is because if we look at our culture right now, our culture is mixed up and messed up and if we're not careful, we'll try to let culture define the Bible. And we'll let culture change scripture and we can never, the scripture's where we stand on, not in a hard, archaic, stoic way, we, the Bible says this is what we do, but in an empowering way where we say, hey, Look, let me help the same way God's and others have helped me to get to that standard. This is how we do this. This is how we walk this out together. Matter of fact, Romans 12, one and two says it's best like this. Talking about our first response to God and then our response to those around us. It says, so here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. This is in the message. It's a paraphrase, but it's a, it, I want you to get this. God helping you not me doing it by myself, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. That's the best thing I can do. Like I told you a moment ago, the best thing I can do is say, God, it's yours. I love you, man, here. Whatever place I find my situation am and I feel distanced or distracted, it's always go to him first. He goes on to say, um, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Let me read that again. <laughs> don't become so well adjusted <laughs> to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Mindless robots, we, we get these and you gotta be careful. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And that's what God wants for us. Why? Because there's a world out here that needs well well mature, the best, well-formed Christians to be able to love people where they are and help them experience God's life for them. And so real quickly, I got just, I'm gonna go through family in a, in a matter of months. We're gonna fly through family here and we're gonna use the word family as the acronym. So starting with F, family. Every family needs to be, because we're all flawed, and it doesn't matter if you're an only child, it doesn't matter if you're just a husband and wife and there are no extended children, every family needs to be forgiving. <laughs> we need to be forgiving. Sometimes family can be the harshest. I've walked this out, oh man, for, I'm fixing to be here in just a few weeks. I'll celebrate 33 years here. And I've walked through some real hard times with people, and I just wanna say, Man, have the ability to forgive. That's what, that's what family does. We get to learn what that's like. So when my kids were little, it's a fun one. I never allowed them to say I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what they had to say? They had to look at their brother or sister and say, please forgive me for. Because when you ask somebody to forgive you for something, first of all, they have to acknowledge they did something. And then secondly, you give them an action to take to say, now it's up to you either to extend that or to withhold that. And so when, you, when you're walking through this, it doesn't matter if it's mom, it's husband and wife or, or, or mom or dad or brother or sister. It's a matter of saying, please forgive me. Acknowledge that. Husbands, man, all a wife needs to do sometimes is hear, hey honey, please forgive me. That, that right there changes the course because it, it brings in humility. It brings in this. And, and whether it's a brother and sister. So if you got a brother and you, you have to say, now granted, I didn't say you would feel emotional about it. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> it was a mouthing thing. There was no attitude or intention behind it, but it was a start. Please forgive me for... Rather than saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you're such a jerk. I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry you don't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a totally different thing when you say, please forgive me. So forgiving, that's what Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer. And forgive us our sins or our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's it. Matthew six twelve. Matter of fact, Colossians 3.13 says it this way, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. <laughs> you know what I found about forgiveness? We love to receive it, but we're very slow to give it. <laughs> like, I ain't forgiving you because you're just gonna do it again. I ain't gonna forgive you. I'm like, well, no, forgive me this time and give me a chance to mess it up again. But no, no, it's, it's really, we gotta forgive because we're forgiven. Then the next one, A, so family A. A, accepting. And let me just say, families, when you got people that are living less than what you think they should, it doesn't mean they're excommunicated. It means they need more love than they've ever had in their life. And I've got to be the one to accept them. I've got to be the one to demonstrate what God looks like to say, I love everybody. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you smell like. I don't care what you talk like. I don't care what you... I, somebody's got to be the one. Church, we're the ones. We've got to be accepted. It starts in the home. Let's be honest. Anybody that has siblings, how many know they are not like you? <laughs> I am different. I'm one of seven. All of us looked the same, like we got seven and we were doorstep. All of us, my dad had blonde hair and blue eyes. Not one seven got blonde hair or blue eyes. My sister got some, two sisters got a little dirty blonde, but it wasn't like you're still brown. None of us got blue eyes. I mean, I'd have loved to have, hmm, that's how I do it. <laughs> Didn't get those, but we all looked the same, but I was different. I'm like, uh-huh, Michael, I got you. Mitchell, uh-uh, Michelle, no. Even though we are different, and so we celebrate those differences, but we gotta be accepting of everybody. We gotta say, hey, doesn't mean I gotta accept everything they do. That's where we learn to, to 
deal with society right there in the home. Let's, I'll never forget, I had a sister one time. Now I'm like 12 years old and the guys and girls, you had your door. We only had a three bedroom house, four boys in one room and three girls in the other. Had a double set of bunk beds. It's 1,150 square foot house. My mom still lives in today. Love it. It made us close quarters. I'll never forget, I went and knocked on my, girl, my, my sister's bedroom door because I wanted to talk to her. True story. She opens the door and slaps me and shuts the door. I was in shock. I was like, she just, she opened the door. I went, what just happened? She slapped. I'm like, open the door. I'm beating on the door. My dad here's like, what's going on? What's, what's happening out there? I'm like, Michelle just slapped me for no reason. What had happened? She just, her boyfriend had just broke up with her. I'm the first guy she shows up. I'm like, whoo, Jesus, help me. Let me tell you, this, this whole thing of accepting, it's, it's, it's real. Matter of fact, Romans 12, 17, 18 says this, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then moving quickly here, mindful. So the M is for mindful. We've got to be, the family teaches us to be mindful of somebody other than myself. Come on now. We're all born selfaholics. We always like what we want. That's what I shared last week. And we all like what I want, when I want it, how I want it. And Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Tell that to an older brother who's trying to dominate me in basketball. I'm gonna show you by my demonstrate or sisters. It says this. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And then the I in family is instructional. So this is where we get instructions. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's always right instructions. <laughs> I'm not saying it's always good. This is why we gotta have the word of God. Because all of us, even me, with, with my children, I tried to try, but I'm sure I gave some, some instruction. Like, I don't think so. I remember one time one of them telling me about something happened in, in school and I'm like, look, tomorrow you go up and you punch him in the face as hard as you can. <laughs> I'm like, only kidding, let me back down. <laughs> he, he'd been violated. I'm like, hmm, do that to my boy. So anyhow, what it, what it is, and we're, it's where we learn. It's where we grow. It's where we learn to do life. Instructional, Proverbs 6.20 says, my son or daughter, same thing, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching or wisdom. The, the L, which is natural, would be loving. So our families need to be forgiving. Our families need to be accepting. Um, our families need to be mindful. They need to be instructional. And our families need to be loving. Like, like if I can't find love in my own house, and let's be honest, I'm just being honest. Some of us in this room and some of us watching online, it's the last place they found love. And that should never be. And there again, please forgive me. Or in church, please forgive me if you ever showed up at church and you felt like nobody wanted you or cared. It happens because you didn't look right or you didn't do so. Man, families, which we'll talk about that next, next week, we're going all in with church. That's next week. But right now for us, family, 
the people I know the most are supposed to love me the most. They know everything, and that's where, we're, that's where we demonstrate what love is. John 4 says it this way, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God, it's not what he does, it's who he is. God is love. And then finally, the why. Why is yielding? <laughs> and it's the hardest one. Because I got to yield to somebody other than me. Hey, check this out. Seven kids in one bathroom. Three sisters. I had a sister like when I was 12. The older one was 13 and I had one 11 under me. Get out of the bathroom. Leave the mirror alone. It is not your friend. When you're sitting here and you're having to learn to yield your rights, you're having to yield things, this is where we take a moment and we realize what Jesus said in John 15, 13, when he said, greater love has no one, has no one, uh, no one than this to lay down his life, one's life for one's friend or for one's family. And so I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do this this morning. I, didn't want, I don't wanna just give you a thing on family. Speaking of family right now, I got, a, I got a text earlier and a call from a young man who's right now that um, Emery Griner, his dad, Reggie Griner, had a, had, was, uh, went in the hospital yesterday with congested heart failure and he's battling for his life. I told him we would pray for him. And I know that Linda Ring is still battling with her breathing. Um, she's at senior care and we wanna lift her up right now. This is the powerful thing about family. I wanna do that, but here's what I wanna do this morning. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up real quick. We're not gonna belabor this. And what I want us to do, I want us to all come forward in this. Even if your children aren't here, even if um, you don't have, quote, family in the house and it's just you, you have family in the house. And I want us to do this. They're gonna sing the, the, the Lord, instead of me blessing you with the high priestly blessing, they're gonna sing it over us. And I want you to gather in little family pockets so if you would, go ahead and make your way up this way real quick with me. Thank you, Lord. We won't, but I know some people need to get, you may have a reservation or something, but I, remember, I want, you to, I want you to be here and I want, I want you to experience this because you're gonna be blessing one another. I want you to gather up in your, in your circle. And if you're by yourself, if you're alone or you're not alone, because we're gonna get everybody together and we're gonna have people together in this. And here's what I want us to do. I want you to understand. <laughs> Look at my man. Love this young man. Cameron, how you doing, buddy? You good? Grandma, I know she's loving it right now. <laughs> she can't stop smiling. And they're like, I got my boy. <laughs> That's cool. So I want you to do this. Just circling up. I want you to receive. Y'all can circle up and face each other. I don't want y'all facing me. Y'all seen enough of me this morning. <laughs> y'all seen plenty of me this morning. I want y'all to circle up, face each other a little bit. Get together. Circle up a moment. And if you see somebody alone, I want you to welcome them in. You welcome them in. And what I want you to do, 
I want you to experience the love God has for you. Come on up. Hey, come on, Mike. You come up here. Man, you, it's like, my family's singing. I can't. Come on. So I want y'all to receive your blessing this morning and experience the love of God in a very powerful way.